Thank you for the morning song, Church of the Warm Heart. Good morning. And, and hold on to your hats this morning. It's got a lot of stuff going on today. My name is Michael Beneshek. I'm one of your warm heart pastors. And it's a joy to have you with us in worship this morning. Sign in. Let us know you're here. Every row, every pew has a sign-in sheet. We appreciate you filling that out and passing it on down the pew. That way you know when you invite that person next to you out to lunch today, the, you can invite them by name. Appreciate that. Uh, today is Native American Sunday. The Methodist Church has six special Sundays where we take uh, special offerings throughout, uh, whether it's supporting students or, or a cultural heritage. Today is Native American Sunday where we celebrate some of our uh, ministries and help support uh, some, some places uh, in, in, in our conference. On behalf of Meridian United Methodist Church, we acknowledge that this worship service is being held on the traditional lands of the Cayuse, the Umatilla, the Walla Walla, and the Shoshone-Bangkok uh, people, who have stewarded this land through the generations, and we pay our respects to the elders, both past and present. You will see them uh, a little later on. They're going to help do our children's time. Thank you so much uh, uh, for doing our children's time a little later. Uh, Pastor Jen is our worship leader this morning, and she has a few announcements as well. Good morning, church. Well, today is the day. Our monthly lunch bunch is meeting today at 1230 at Idaho Pizza Company. So it's right after the second service. I know y'all like to eat. I know y'all like friends. So I hope that you'll be able to join us at Idaho Pizza Company at 1230 today just for some fellowship and some wonderful times together and food, of course. Check out the bulletin and read about our bowling on Saturday. So this is coming up next Saturday, the 29th. It's at Meridian Lanes. It'll be from 1 to 3 in the afternoon. If you are interested in joining us, just please call the church office. We'll get you signed up for that. And then next week, the kids will be um, performing their children's musical next Sunday. The kids have been working hard, and we look forward to their presentation next week. In two weeks, we'll have another uh, new member class. If you've been coming for a while and would like to consider this your church home, let Lisa know. Is Lisa? Nope. Well, she's here. <laughs> Just let Lisa know. And we'll make sure that you get signed up for it. Um, class, the term class might be a little strong. Um, but it's a gathering to see how we can be the church together. Some of you might have received a letter about the class. Some of you might maybe haven't. This class is not by invitation only. So if you're interested, uh, the office sent out what they could, and it is open to anyone that would like to join. Thank you, Pastor Jen. If you're joining us online, welcome to all of you. I know we have people watching from from uh, the West Coast today down to the Gulf Coast and a couple people on the East Coast and everywhere in between. So welcome to all of you to our worship service this morning. In, uh, I, don't, I don't know how many weeks, like six weeks, we will have annual conference hosted by Meridian United Methodist Church. 250 Methodist pastors and lady are coming in. We will be well pastorized here at this church. But uh, we, are, we are finalizing some of the details, and you will hear more about that in the weeks ahead uh, for the teams that we need to pull off some of these uh, certain events and classes. And Lori Day is here today. Where's Lori? Lori, come on up to the podium. She didn't know I was going to ask her to do this. Uh, <laughs> Lori is the Director of Connectional Ministries for the Oregon-Idaho Annual Conference and Assistant to the Bishop, whatever that means. Uh, but she, I... I just asked her to send her greetings. She's, she's scouting us out, trying to figure out where, where we're all going to go. Thank you, Pastor Mike. Um, it is a joy to be here with you today. Um, I bring you greetings from Bishop Cedric Bridgeforth, who um, is not here with us today, but he will be here along with, as Mike said, uh, about 250 United Methodists from throughout Oregon and Idaho in June. And so we are so grateful for your church hosting us this year, and I especially want to offer thanks to Lisa, Pastor Mike, Jen, Debbie, I don't know where Debbie is, she's been doing a lot too, 
there she is. Um, <laughs> and so I, I am grateful. Um, your church truly is a warm heart and has welcomed us graciously and uh, will be back in force in June. So thank you. Thank you, Lori. So we have groups that are calling us every, every day or every week. Hey, Pastor Mike, we have this class. We have this group. Find us a space in your, in your, in your, in your and we're in like 50 of these and we don't, we don't have the space. And so Lori is the one that I'm dishing everybody off on. So thank you, Lori, for, for taking the heat on, on all that. You got some wonderful people sitting next to you and I want you to say hi to them in a moment. But uh, so let's greet those around us in Christian love and then remain standing for the opening hymns.
words will be on the screen. We are not alone. We live in God's world. We believe in God who has created and is creating, who has come in Jesus, the Word made flesh, to reconcile and make new, who works in us and others by the Spirit. We trust in God. We are called to be the church, to celebrate God's presence, to love and serve others, to seek justice and resist evil, to proclaim Jesus crucified and risen, our judge and our hope, in life and in death, in life beyond death, God is with us. We are not alone. Thanks be to God. Amen. As you're seated, I know it's usually children's time, but the kids hold off for a moment before you come on up because we have a special event in the life of our church. I invite the Gillespies to come on up. Front row, there you are. We have Bryce and Catherine, Ada Granger, and Bear. Good to see you. Welcome. Sisters and brothers in Christ, through the sacrament of baptism, God's Spirit initiates into us, into Christ's holy church, and he, and he puts us on the stage of God's saving drama and gives us new birth through water and the Spirit. So we come to the water. You see the water? We come to the water. Water poured over us and immersing us. Water flowing freely for all who receive it. Waters from the streams of God's saving grace and justice. Water that brings hope to all and all who thirst for righteousness. Water that refreshes life, nurtures growth, and offers us new birth. And so we come to the water to baptize a child and in each other's presence to renew our commitment to Christ who has raised us, the spirit who has birthed us, and the creator who makes all things new. So I do have a couple of questions for Bryce and Catherine. I ask you, will you turn away from the powers of sin and death and renounce the spiritual forces of wickedness, reject the evil powers of this world, and repent of sin? If so, please say, we will. Will you accept the freedom that God gives you to resist evil, injustice, and oppression in whatever forms they present themselves? Will you proclaim the good news and live as disciples of Jesus Christ, his body on earth? If so, please say, we will. And will you nurture this child sleeping and I don't want to bother that at all <laughs> uh, by teaching an example guide him to accept God's grace for himself to profess his faith openly and to lead a Christian life if so please say we will now you don't walk through this life alone but I think I think there's some family out here as well so if you if you are with this family today and celebrating them would you please stand because I have a question for you Will all of you, by God's grace, do everything in your power to uphold and care for this family in this sacred responsibility? If so, please say, we will. Thank you very much. Please be seated. Good morning. See you. Oh, I know, I know, I know. I feel the same way some mornings. Bryce and Catherine, what name do you give this child? Eric Gillespie. I baptize you in the name of the Father and in the name of the Son and in the name of the Holy Spirit. May God's love be with you now and forevermore. Amen. I'm going to take them on a tour for a moment. Just stay right here. <laughs> While I walk them around, would you sing Jesus Loves Me for Me?
here and I see, I see maybe a future Sunday school teacher that you'll have. I see a couple sponsors on youth mission trips that you might have. And I see some friends that you will have in youth group and children's ministry along the way. You are blessed with a good congregation here. <laughs> congregation, this family has made promises to raise this, this child. But like I said, they don't do this alone. They do it also with the help of this congregation. We have a promise back to them. Would you please read with me the promise upon the screen? With God's help, we
Let's come together in an attitude of prayer. If you have any prayer requests or concerns that are on your heart this morning that you would like to share with your neighbor, this is a time of our service where we center our hearts, our minds, our spirits, and we speak our concerns aloud with one another. I will then lead us into our pastoral prayer and then the Lord's Prayer, which the words will be on the screen. Let us pray. Gracious and loving God, thank you for this beautiful day and for the opportunity to come together as a church family. Lord, we look to you for guidance in our lives. Use us for your glory, for we are your hands and feet. Help us to be your eyes and ears, to see one another through the lens of love. And may we hear and respond to the need in our world with compassion. Lord God, there are are many paths that we may follow and many travelers we may meet along the way. Help us to see the divine spark in one another as we journey through this life. And Lord, guide us back to you if and when we stray, so that we may follow you. Where you lead, we will go. For we are your people, and you are our God. And today, Lord, we come together as your people to pray the prayer that Jesus taught his disciples to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not to temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Our sermon series for this time of Eastertide is, are, are the stories of Jesus um, and, and the disciples after the resurrection. What took place after Easter? And today we will be talking about the road to Emmaus, uh, the walk to Emmaus. Uh, so a lot of our songs are reflecting a, a journey, a closer walk, and, and uh, uh, our next song also reflects a little bit of that scripture. Open my eyes that I may see. As you're willing and able, let us stand and sing our next Kong song together. Thank you. 
lesson this morning is from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 24, verses 13 through 35. Now the same day, two of them were going into a village called Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem. They were talking with each other about everything that had happened. As they talked and discussed these things with each other, Jesus himself came up and walked along them but they were kept from recognizing him. He asked them, what are you discussing together as you walk along? They stood still, their faces downcast. One of them named Cleopas asked him, are you the only one visiting Jerusalem who does not know the things that have happened there in these days? What things, he asked. About Jesus of Nazareth, they replied, He was a prophet, powerful in the word and deed and before God and all the people. The chief priests and our rulers handed him over to be sentenced to death, and they crucified him. But he had hoped that he was the one who was going to redeem Israel. And what is more is that the third day since all this took place. In addition, some of our women amazed us. They went to the tomb early this morning, but didn't find his body. They came and told us that they had seen a vision of angels who said he was alive. Then some of our companions went to the tomb and found it just as the women had said, but they did not see Jesus. He said to them, how foolish you are and how slow to believe all the prophets have spoken. Did not the Messiah have to suffer these things and then enter his glory? And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he explained to them what was said in all the scriptures concerning himself. As they approached the village to which they were going, Jesus continued on as if he were going farther. But they urged him strongly, stay with us, for it is nearing nearly evening. The day is almost over. So he went in to stay with them. When he was at the table with them, he took bread, gave thanks, broke it, and began to give it to them. Then their eyes were opened, and they recognized him, and he disappeared from their sight. And they asked each other, Were not our hearts burning within us while he talked with us on the road and opened the scripture to us? They got up and returned at once to Jerusalem. There they found the eleven and those with him assembled together, and saying, It is true, The Lord has risen, and he has appeared to Simon. Then the two told what had had happened on the way, and how Jesus was recognized by them when he broke the bread. May God add blessing to the reading of this word. Thank you, Jen. So this sermon is for people who sometimes wonder, is Jesus really real? It's for you if you've ever doubted if God was there. I am preaching to you this morning if your religion has ever let you down, if you've ever run out of hope, which means you don't need this sermon if you are 100% sure of your faith all of the time, that you've never had any doubts about God or Jesus, then you know, God bless you, I'm not talking to you today. Feel free and feel free and look at the bulletin, pull out your phone, play Angry Birds or whatever the kids are playing nowadays, make a grocery list, check Twitter, because uh, this sermon and this Bible story are for people who ever wonder if God is there, if Jesus is real. For a lot of people, the Christian faith seems disconnected from the rest of how we think and feel in our daily lives. It's not that, that they're atheists or anything like that. Uh, for the most part, they, they may believe, you know, kind of, sort of. And God is, is, is there and he, he's a loving and kind kind of God. They might accept that Jesus lived and died and rose again. But honestly, these are distant kind of truths. The problem for a lot of people isn't that that faith is not, it's, it's not just, it's, it's, it could be believable. It's just not relevant. It doesn't seem to matter. They, they affirm their faith in the same way that we could affirm that 
that the planet Venus is 67 million uh, miles away from the sun. It may be true. It just doesn't matter in my daily walk. Big, fat, hairy deal. (laughs) I still have to make payday. I still have to deal with my kids or my parents. I still have to wonder if anyone still cares about me. I am here, Pastor Mike. I'm here sitting here today listening to a sermon and wondering if it has anything to say to me this morning about my life. Jesus rose. Whoop-de-doo. What does it matter to me? That was, that was a phrase my dad used to use all the time, whoop-de-doo. I don't know if you've ever heard of that. Do, do me a favor. Turn to your neighbor and just say, whoop-de-doo. I knew when my dad said that, that we were, it was, it was, so if you're one of those people, or if you know someone like that, then this Bible story is for you. For today, we are journeying with Jesus on the road to Emmaus. But here's the thing. When we journey with Jesus on this road, oftentimes we do not know that he is with us. So the original walk to Emmaus took place on Easter day. In the wake of Jesus' death, two of his followers have given up and they left town. Which is amazing to me because this is that Sunday. They know, they know that the women at the tomb had an experience. But it was someone else's experience. It was not their experience. So whoop-de-doo. While they were walking and talking, Jesus comes and walks with them. But Luke says their eyes were kept from recognizing him. So in other words, it wasn't their fault. It wasn't some problem with their eyes or lack of faith. No one's blaming them. And I'm, and, and I'm just wondering, maybe grief or disappointment got in their eyes. After all, all their hopes had been dashed, their expectations left unmet. They they had been so excited and on fire for Christ, put so much faith in him that when he died there on the cross, there didn't seem to be anything else to do but leave, put it all behind them. Sure, they heard that morning that someone had said that Jesus was alive, but who could believe talk like that? They hadn't seen him. So off they went. And they told the stranger all about their problems, never suspecting that the stranger was Jesus. So this walk to Emmaus is for the disappointed, for those who have their expectations unmet. Surely we have all walked this road at some point in our lives. It's the road you walk when you don't make the team, when your candidate loses, When your sweetheart won't talk to you, when a loved one has died. It's the road that you find yourself on when you feel, when when all the ways that, that used to work when you felt close to God don't seem to work anymore. That's the Emmaus road. And surely we've all been on this road at some time. But here's the amazing and wonderful promise of the gospel. On the road of loneliness and despair, you are not alone. You may think you're alone, but you're not. There is one who joins you along the way, the one that hears your disappointments, your heartaches, the one that you complain to, uh, the one that you complain to about Jesus letting you down, that's Jesus. Which means that Jesus may not look like what you expected. I don't know what your image of Jesus is, but if I think of Jesus walking along with me, I'm, I got, you know, he's got the beard and the sandals and, the, and the, the long hair and the piercing eyes. I have yet to find Jesus in that way. Jesus might look like someone, someone from the care team here at church. Jesus for you might look like the lady who takes your order at Starbucks or Dutch Bros or Black Rock, or where else do you get your coffee? Moxie. Moxie. I'm, I'm, 
I, I asked this question once in Oregon. I got 50 different answers, and it was all, like, bad. <laughs> De- uh, hmm. Jesus might look like the stranger at the hospital who hands you that tissue box when, you, when, the, when the tears start coming, or the coach who offers encouragement when you're about to quit. Why do I call these people Jesus? Because the, 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 the Emmaus story calls these people Jesus. And because it's true. If you look for the resurrected Christ in his, all his resurrected glory, you may look forever. If you're expecting a voice from heaven or some magical sign, you're probably still looking. And if you're waiting for absolute certainty before you believe, you may wait for the rest of your life. But the promise of the gospel is this. When you think that you are alone, you are not. He is your companion along the way. And a lot of times we don't recognize him in the moment. Cleopas and his friend walked with Jesus for miles and they talked about their faith and their lack of faith. They shared a meal never knowing, uh, never suspecting who was with them. And it wasn't until Jesus broke the bread that they recognized him. These actions, this bread, they have seen this before. They remembered. But as soon as they recognize him, he vanishes, he is gone. And it's only looking back did they, did they know. The signs were there, they thought. The, he explained the scriptures to them. Their hearts burned. And only looking back did they put it all together. We only seem to know in retrospect after the fact. So if you are on that Emmaus road right now, that road of doubt and disappointment, take heart. Be patient. Keep your eyes open. I tell you the truth. Jesus is there somewhere. A a, a few summers back, uh, we took our family Uh, hopped on a plane, went back to Nebraska to go see some loved ones. We generally fly into Omaha. Our family lives in Lincoln, but Lincoln's expensive to fly into, so you fly. So we flew into Omaha. It's about an hour drive. We were going to rent a car. We went to the rental car place. We went to the one that took debit cards. We had our reservation. We don't do credit cards. We only have debit cards. And since, uh, (laughs) uh, so we, we show up at the place. And, and, and we have a reservation, boom. And the lady's like, we're out of cars. Like, we, have, we have a reservation. She goes, yes, I know. And we're out of cars. But we have a deal with Avis right next door, right here, that take one of their cars. Like, great, we go to Avis, shift over. Avis is like, we only take credit cards. I'm like, all I have is a debit card. We don't live, we uh, discovered you get in trouble with those things. So a debit card. And we don't take credit cards. I'm like, well, they do. They take, they take debit cards over here. And they said, we can come over here. It's like, yes, we only take credit cards. I could write a check and buy a car. But I couldn't rent a car. We thought about, do we just go down the street and buy a hoopty for 500 bucks and just drive around a bit? So while we're contemplating all of this, and the, 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 the small airport, two places, that's all over. Um, Get a tap on my shoulder. Tap, tap, tap. Turn around. There's a, there's a lady who's like, I'm not eavesdropping, but I can hear everything you're saying. <laughs> I have a large white 15-passenger minivan that I'm driving by myself, and I'm going to Lincoln. Y'all want to ride? In our moment of need, a saint came out of the blue. Saint or terrorist, we're not sure at the time. <laughs> We went with the odds that the 65-year-old lady was, was, was nice and not ISIS, so that's good. There are angels among us, maybe not literally, but figuratively, nonetheless. One of my favorite biblical passages comes out of Hebrews. Be not forgetful to entertain strangers, for by doing such, some have entertained angels unawares. Maybe some of you have similar stories, strangers who have come in and out of your life at that moment of need, and it makes you pause and think, is this a coincidence or a God incidence? 
So if you're one of those people that I'm preaching to you today, if you ever wonder if Jesus is real, what can you do to find Jesus again? What can you do to see if God is still there? Well, the first lesson that I get is this. Welcome strangers. Welcome people into your life. What would have happened if those two discouraged disciples hadn't welcomed that stranger to talk and stay with them? They would have continued on their journey, probably discouraged, and probably would not have been disciples for long. You need people in your life. I heard the story once years ago in a different part of the country. A church was struggling whether to let... <laughs> a black gentleman to join their church. He had been their janitor for years. And he had decided he wanted to be a part of the church family. It was fine if he cleaned, but a member? And a special vote was taken of the congregation to ponder this issue of integration. This stuff really wasn't that long ago. And finally, the vote was announced, and the janitor lost his bid to be a member. And later that evening, the old gentleman was sitting on his porch swing, thinking about how he had been rejected by his church. And he he said a prayer up to heaven, Lord, I, I don't understand them folk. I tried to join their church, but they wouldn't let me in. And as he sat there, he heard the Lord speak from heaven, don't worry about it, my child. I've been trying to get into that church for years and they won't let me in either. If we reject the stranger, we just may be rejecting a chance to see Jesus. We teach kids all the time, stranger danger. But I wonder if it should be like stranger from the manger. That would have been a better sermon title. I'll I'll go with that next time. Stranger from the manger. Welcome strangers. Second, open up your Bible. I know, I know for a lot of people, the Bible is the last place that they would look. Uh, for the presence of God. It's a hard book. Parts of it seem outdated, out of touch, and it gets used in heavy-handed ways. But it's still the word of the living God. That when Jesus explained the scriptures to them, their hearts were on fire. If the, if the part of the Bible that you're reading isn't working, flip to another part. Check out Gospel of John, Gospel of Love. Join a different study group. Find a different teacher. Dare I say, find a different pastor, but just don't give up on the Bible. And finally, most of all, Jesus became known to them in the breaking of the bread. We always think of communion at this time, but share your, share your table. Share your life. Often in our spiritual discouragement, we, we abandon the old and we look for something new. But Jesus has never left the communion table. The Lord is everywhere, but he is, he is there, present with, with the breaking of the bread. You're going to have your chance in two weeks. Jesus broke bread with them and disappeared. That was their experience. At once, not just in the morning, not later in the week, but at once, these people who walked that, that seven miles, and they're, they're at the end of the night, they found Jesus and they turned around. They walked back seven miles to Jerusalem to find the disciples. There and back again. They have their own story to tell. Let me close with this idea. The disciples knew about the women's witness and testimony. They knew that something happened. And yet they walked away. They walked away because it was not personal to them. It wasn't until they had their own Jesus moment that they came back right away to share their own witness and testimony. And I'll, and I'll be honest, I do the same thing. I walk away from other people's testimony because it's not my story. Because I didn't experience it. It's not relevant to me because I didn't walk through their, their thing. Let me, let me just pick on a couple social issues. This is where I'm going to get in trouble. I'm going to start meddling here just a little bit. Death penalty. I used to think uber hard on crime. 
death penalty for killers, for rapists, mandatory sentencing for theft, 15 years for jaywalking, like big, big time, Uber. And I turned my back on these people. But then I had a family member get picked up for DUI. And I saw the court system and it was personal. All of a sudden it's relevant to me. And I'll be honest, nowadays I want to err on grace and mercy. Abortion, totally wrong in all cases. And I turn my back on these people who have to make a choice that I will never have to make. Then a friend of mine has a daughter carrying a child from her uncle. And it's personal to me. And all of a sudden it's relevant. And I want to err on grace and on mercy. Immigration, send them back. Send them all back. We don't want them until it's the guy who lives right next door to us. Paying his bills, paying taxes that he probably won't even get back. He's one of the good ones. He's fine. All of a sudden, it's relevant to me. I want to err on grace and mercy. Homeless person on the street asking for change. Get a job. Until it's my cousin in another city. Panhandling, trying to feed his kids. And all of a sudden, it's relevant to me. The walk to Emmaus is blindly ignoring inconvenient facts, turning your back on people who have a witness to share. The walk from Emmaus, going back to Jerusalem, is after you had your own aha moment and realized that Jesus has revelations to share with other people besides yourself. So if I've been preaching to you today, if you ever wonder if Jesus is real, if God really matters in your day-to-day life, here's the promise of the gospel. When you think you're alone, you are not. It may not seem like much. You're on the Emmaus Road. Jesus is your companion along the way. But a piece of bread, an open Bible, and a welcoming heart to the stranger. But do you know what that is? It's Jesus. He's with you all the way. And that, my friends is a big whoop-de-doo. And the family of God said, Amen. As we come to the offering of our church, I invite you to give generously as we support the ministries of our church and the ministries of, of, of Native Americans throughout our conference. Uh, we support uh, a circle of indigenous nations. Uh, we have a conference program designed to help uh, work with the nations for programming, I, I know we just uh, just did a Camp Huckleberry at one of our campsites not too long ago uh, for, uh, for kids of, of indigenous descent. We appreciate your gifts. And as we take our offering today, I think we have the gift of violin. Thank you.
closing song I think might be familiar to some. I saw the light. everyone who is here today, for those of us joining online, for the people upstairs who make all this happen, for our hosts uh, online, uh, helping our guests there, to the, to the choir and to the music, and uh, to our guests here today uh, sharing in their ministries, we give thee thanks. Our closing prayer is, is taken uh, from a resource sharing uh, indigenous prayers. Uh, in this one, we will be facing uh, south, and then I'll ask you to turn uh, east. East is that way, then we'll turn north, which is that way, and then west that way, and we'll turn toward the center. Spirit of creation, we, we look to the south. We are thankful for sending us warm and soothing winds from the south to comfort us and to caress us when we are tired and cold, and may this winter be over. Unfold us as your gentle breeze unfolds the leaves on the trees, and as you give to all the earth your warm, moving wind. Give us warmth and remember to be grateful. Let us turn to the east. Great spirit who comes out of the east, come to us with the power of the east. We are thankful for the light of the rising sun. Let there be light on the path we walk. Let us remember always to be thankful that you give the gift of a new day. Let us turn left to the north. Great spirit of love, come to us with the power of the north. Make us courageous when the cold winds of life fall upon us. Give us strength and endurance for everything that is harsh, everything that hurts. Let us move freely freely through this life and take what comes from the north. Let us turn left and face the west. Great life-giving spirit, we face the west, the direction of the sundown. Let us remember every day that the moment will come when our sown sun will go down. Let us not forget that we must fade into you. Give us beautiful color. Give us a great sky for setting so that when it is time to meet you, we come with glory. Let us face the middle of the room. Middle of the room, like middle of the room, like face each other. Look. Matter of fact, Pastor Jen will bring a candle. 
great spirit of the sky, lift us up to you that our hearts may worship you and come to you in glory. Hold in our memory that you are our creator, greater than we. You are eager for us to have good life. Let everything that is in the world lift our minds and our hearts and our lives to you so that we may come to you always in truth and in heart. And the family of God said, Amen. Amen. Enjoy the postlude and we'll see you at coffee hour.